0: Hello. welcome to episode number two hundred and ten of the Aplog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by betterhelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talk with a licensed professional therapist online right now. And you can get a seven day free trial when you go to the website betterhelp.com slash enter the word code word applog when you uh, when you go get signed up, and you get a free week of therapy. It's getting to be that time. Seasonal depression is a very, very heavy and serious thing that we all need to deal with and address and uh, go there. I'd like to thank everybody for shopping on Amazon, supporting the show on Amazon. You too can be that person by going to Appolog.ca slash Amazon or applogca slash US Amazon. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way by going to appalog.ca and click on those banners located on the right side. Locate your country, whether you're from Canada, the United States, or the UK. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show, and it costs you no extra money. If you want to help the show out on a monthly basis, you can go to Patreon and help it out that way. So go to Patreon.com slash and pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel any time. If you want to buy a t-shirt, go to Appalogue.ca shop. They are running out. I'm going to get, be getting some new designs soon, so get a deals. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Like the show on Facebook by going to Facebook.com slash And follow me on Twitter, SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Jason Mooney from the band called We Were Sharks. We Were Sharks is a band that formed around 2012. They've put out some records since, uh, since then, an EP, and a, a full-length. And they're on Victory Records, and you're going to hear some of their music. But... Um, yeah, it was an interesting way how I met the band. Um, my friend Al, who's one of my best friends, I'm going to say this already in like three minutes, but he got me onto this band and, uh, and I really, I just chased him down and thanks to the magic of computers, um, I got in touch with Jason and we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago now, but um, here he is, Mr. Jason Mooney on the Appleuck podcast. My best friend Al, who I played in a band with for a long time, yeah. sent me your guys' link because it was yeah. sort of like it's a, it's it's the it's stuff that we dig. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and it's stuff that you know what I mean. It's stuff that we've heard in different iterations, like yeah. pop music that's intricate, like that goes back to as far as like the '90s. You know what I mean? The stuff yeah, that yeah. you hear, like "Get Up, Kids" and. Other, oh, ban- man. other bands like that they're just like oh there's there's definitely like a thread here you know
1: the good Up kids are probably actually my favorite band
0: yeah oh they're yeah, my favorite I, uh... band too absolutely oh yeah oh yeah
1: you know what's really funny like back when i was really uh like when i first started touring originally from newfoundland okay and um and a band i was in was going to toronto to play the canadian music week and it was during their uh comeback tour where they played something right home about and we couldn't go and it killed me and then last year i went to toronto for the um, the monine anniversary shows yeah 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 and they they had special guests and the one that i missed the one where alex on fire played uh because i went to two of the four and i ended up missing the one that matt Pryor played at and i was just like this <laughs> is just a nightmare for me god
0: yeah kenny and monine kenny and i uh, go back way back because uh kenny with monine when his band was sort of like you know coming up we i've been in bands since the early 90s i originally been in a band called trigger happy which was like the early 90s sort of shirano power pop kind of like punk rock kind of band and then monine kind of came sort of like in the later 90s but 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 uh i remember meeting kenny for the first time i was i've been friends of the weaker dance for so many years and i was i was driving around and and i met kenny and monine for the first time and i met chris Slorak, who's now mets and things like that and Chris actually yeah. played in my band for a little while too. Okay. Yeah. So there's um there's a big sort of like this weird little incestuous tie of Monine and, and us. But Kenny is such a sweetheart, such a great guy. Oh to, yeah. To, to, to yeah, I've
1: heard many many great things about him. Yeah, uh, I like I, 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 I can say I met him, but like I the only interactions I had with him was like back um they were in, in, it was a small man records tour, I think. Yeah. And they came through in Newfoundland and uh hung out while they played hacky
0: sack
1: that's (laughs) my biggest interaction with them yeah that's it yeah
0: yeah 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 i remember i was on tour uh, as a sound guy for good riddance in 2001 and uh they were on tour as well so we're doing this weird little venue somewhere in florida and like they're there Mm -hmm. like hey what's up guys or monine and then we played this gig and it was weird just and then we didn't even like hang out they just sort of like okay we gotta go and like okay see you later and that was it i didn't see those guys for like a long time after that but that's back yeah like, 2001 yeah
1: i feel like uh like the canada music scene in general is a lot- i mean i guess you can say the music scene is like that but i feel like with canada is like you run into someone somewhere and it's either like you pick up a conversation that never actually existed or you pick up the one that you left off two years ago <laughs> it's just like we're all just part of this like one community it's it's pretty cool
0: yeah i mean it's been going on since the years for time like you're, you're in ottawa the ottawa region yeah yeah, yeah. remember shopmaker it's been no, so shot maker. Yeah, that's still maybe I, before I, your time.
1: <laughs> but I, I moved to Ottawa six years ago. Oh all right, so, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot I missed. Like, this is uh, 26 years uh, ago. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really love. Like, uh, do you remember the band The Fully Down?
0: I yes, I know, I know, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like it was a band that was like really important to the Ottawa music scene. Yeah. I was really lucky in. um Dan Hay, their guitarist, who I'm pretty good friends with, uh, we like started like an, a like a passion project, I guess. Well, I didn't start it; they started, it, and I joined it as a live member. It was like him and uh, two of the guys from Protest the Hero, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, our friend Eric. We were called Mystery Weekend. We just played on weekends. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Protest the Hero used to be called Plant the Bomb, which uh, oh yeah? yeah. And they recorded their first demo in my studio. With, uh, really? with London from closet monster Mark Spicolak, okay. who Mark yeah, Spicola yeah, who who yeah. reinvented the music industry uh, yeah. I haven't seen him forever but yeah in the early days in my basement in our in our first house in Toronto was that yeah. first sort of plant the bomb slash protest the hero I'm probably botching the story somewhere but yeah yeah they they're sort of they're. I think they came up sort of close to where I am right now it's like this area yeah. is in in the the Durham region of sorts uh, yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about Canada is it's interesting, too. I mean, I think it happens in any scene where... Or if you're a touring band, you kind of run into people from time to time, and you connect... And, and and that's it. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. connect, and that that's it. It's it, all you need to know. And then you see these people again years later, and you're like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And and everything yeah. is as good as rain. And I think yeah. because we have a lower capacity of douchebaggery, I think we have a smaller yeah. population, yeah. so the douchebag yeah. ratio is by ten times smaller because we're ten yeah. times smaller than the United States. I'm not saying that <laughs> America's full of douchebags. I'm just saying that there's more chances of running into those type of people.
1: <laughs> sure but yeah i think uh it's uh, it's definitely true like the the idea of like being a touring band i mean it doesn't matter if it's it's music or what i mean yeah there's douchebags out there but like those who like who are doing it for the right reasons like hey i i like making music so let's go and do the best we can with it like we all kind of share the same like hey this is the best way for us to see outside of our hometown let's yeah. do it with a bunch of our friends and make music about it yeah so
0: yeah that's yeah. cool that's cool so when did when did your band first start did you like we were sharks came when did it sort of start being a band
1: um so the band started in 2010 so it's actually been a, quite a few years mm-hmm. um and when the band first started uh started touring a lot um and trying to kind of find our way um i've i i did not start the band i joined much later but uh because i was living in newfoundland and uh, touring with the band that was in there, and we kind of uh, crossed paths, and I stayed in contact with the guys, and I needed to get out of Newfoundland, and it was a great opportunity to just come and, and play with them. But yeah, it's it's been eight years. Uh, a lot of member changes because, uh, I mean, most bands, it, it's just crazy if you see them go through five years uh, without with a member change. And not only that, like, um, specifically when things started to kind of ramp up, when we saw, like, the wheels really start turning the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. we all get everyone gets to a point where it's like is this really what i signed up for kind of thing you 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 may think you you want it or you you need it and and then when you start to like actually face those troubles and i don't want to say troubles challenges is probably the best way to do it uh it's it's like you know um this doesn't fit into my life the way i really thought it was going to you know like maybe you miss family back home or you just goals change personal goals change you know
0: so it's, it is true, because as a band grows, you spend sort of like, you've been a band for eight years, and what, yeah. two years of it is becoming like, oh, my gosh, these things are actually happening now, yeah. but yeah. it's more or less, I it, it happens, I mean, like, when a band grows to the part of, like, you know, there's so many challenges in being an independent band, or being in a band mm-hmm. in general, yeah. even even major label bands have so many oh, yeah. problems keeping things together, not just with um, business, but with ego and attitude and mm-hmm. luggage, and I mean, sometimes it's good having new members because you can you can keep it fresh, <laughs> so you don't have the person <laughs> that's been there for you know these two people like that have sort of maybe learned to sort of work together but aren't really friends yeah. anymore. I mean, these things happen all the time.
1: Oh, without doubt, yeah. It's a, it's really sad, I believe, when like. You see these bands that like as as the the listener you're like oh wow it's really amazing to see that this band is still making music doing things but you don't know behind closed doors these people who maybe uh, were best friends in high school now because of differences have found themselves in this well the funny thing is no one realizes that you're in a band you're, you're actually running a business no, yeah. it's, it's a business yeah. and and you end up becoming business partners more than you are friends and even with our member changes i think the big thing about us is always been about family and friendship first no one has ever like ended up leaving the band because oh you're an asshole or yeah. whatever it's always been just like hey what can we do like these, this is our as a band this is our goal and this is what we're trying to do mm-hmm. it, we're only as strong as the weakest link and maybe instead of causing maybe stress on you knowing that maybe you don't necessarily share it as strong as we do mm-hmm. maybe you should go and focus on the things that will make you happy or, or what are the goals you have so
0: absolutely and and if a band isn't is kind of just struggling to stay keep their head above water like any band you wonder no Mm -hmm. matter what like i've you know it it has to be said that the work you put into it needs to have some sort of dividend some payback whether and if it's a business um the unfortunate part of it is that it needs to keep surviving you know y'all like human beings with and as you get older in life you start realizing holy shit i got bills and You know, and I love music, but, you know, and you know, I'm 48 years old and I played music my whole life. But when I got to the age of 32, 33, I started thinking, I should get a job, you know, (laughs) I should probably get my shit together because my wife can only pay the bills so much, you know.
1: I I run into people or, you know, over like out on tour around the fans and and stuff. And they'd say things like, So, what did you used to do for work or whatever? I'm like, I still still do. (laughs) It's like you don't realize that your favorite band that probably is topping the charts probably still, if they're Canadian, probably working at Tim Wharton's or something. Totally. You know? And there's no shame in
0: that. I mean, honestly, there's really no shame because you have to, like, if rock and roll is not paying the bills, you got to keep close to it. And in so many people in my life who were rock and rollers in the in the mid and early '90s, they all got jobs. And I don't, I did back then. I'm like, you fucking quitter. But (laughs) but but now I'm like, good for you. Like we were speaking about my buddy Al, who introduced me to you guys musically. I he quit so many jobs. Like he worked in an office, and then we're like, we're going on tour, and he'd be like, okay, I guess I quit in this job, or I'm making up some (laughs) excuse to not come into work for three weeks, and he went through jobs and then finally he was like, you know what? I, I got to get a job. And I, we weren't close for a couple of years after that. Cause I thought he's a yeah. quitter, but now I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm there now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm with you, you know, I got kids yeah. and a mortgage and a career and, and music is still a very important thing in my life, yeah. but I prefer to speak to other people about it rather than try to go through what's considered kind of a shitty job sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, I think that given where we are uh, with, the world and technology and things today uh we're really fortunate like um the most of the guy uh, some of the guys work like in kitchen jobs and like will our drummer he actually went to school to be a cook so like and and these kitchen jobs actually are working at bars there's good money to be had and they're very easy to like let you go and follow your passions randy is actually a wedding singer and uh plays covers uh, at a bar at a bar or at bars i guess mm-hmm. and does really really well um me and colin uh, so talking about technology, um, there's there's so many people out there who are trying to tour and trying to make money and, and trying to make it all work. When like, I was actually having this conversation last night with a, with a musician here in Ottawa. Uh, we went into the soft the software world where all you need is your computer and an internet connection and you can literally do your job from anywhere. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm gonna be hiding away in the back of a van with like a, a thing sticking out of my computer for the internet, but I mean, you can make it work granted I don't think that was uh, that. This is a new thing, I should mm-hmm. say. You mm-hmm. know, so
0: yeah. Well, as you as a musician, you're kind of everybody's a little bit of an entrepreneur, anyway. So they're yeah. not interested in sort of following uh, a trend or following something that's too far away from what is music. You know, and I, yeah. I that's why I became I'm a sound person. So I kind of like yeah. did sound for bands because at least I'm not like too far away by sort of right. not having that closeness to it you know and yeah. it, you still can stay close to the art and create the art problem is when you're like a, a sound guy for a band so there's a stigma attached of like oh you're just the sound guy you can kind of play guitar so uh, there was a bit of a weird thing to you know to break and and as i put yeah. a band together in the early 2000s i ended up going to europe because nobody knew who the hell All i was right. anyways and put records out there and toured there and and it was a different, it was a whole different experience because I it, people didn't judge like back in the early two thousands, there was a bit of an age thing going on. Like if you were too old, like I was talking to um, uh, my friend Darren from band called The Salads, and they lied yep. for years about how old they were because they really? were they thought they were too old. So you know, he even said it on the show like I we had to tell people how old like lie about our age.
1: I mean to me i think that that can be very unfortunate and granted uh there are a lot of young uh musicians out there doing really great things and sometimes we even like talk about our ages and whatnot but to be honest i think that if i were to be doing what i'm if i were to be doing what i'm doing now if i was like 20 i think i would have been a piece of shit. (laughs) you know i i got like i have a i have a stronger head on my shoulders you know i think that uh i I mean granted I, i me as a young punk kid like yeah i was egotistical and i was i was an asshole right yeah. <laughs> but if I, if I were to meet that guy now i'd hate him yeah um yeah but uh given like what we've learned in in our past bands and just growing like i feel that uh still going and, and and the wins that we get now i mean never would have necessarily happened or enjoyed them as much uh if we weren't where we are now in life i guess
0: absolutely i mean this this gets said a lot on this show is uh, Last time I checked is people became better people, better songwriters, better artists, better people in general as they get older. Why? Because they're more self-realized about who they are. And there's an actual physical component. Like when you're not fully developed as a human being until you're 27, your brain isn't actually Mm -hmm. fully developed. So therefore... Mm Problem with that, if you're a fucking asshole when you're 27, you're gonna be an asshole for the rest of your life. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just just the yeah. way you're. That's it's like there's a little thing goes tick. Now you're locked in, like on those old yeah. cassettes. You just knock the tab off, and you can't be. A, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You're done.
1: Like, well, you know what you could do though with those old tapes. Just take a little bit of scotch tape. That's and put right. it that's right.
0: You can't put a tape over the, your mouth. though. Well, I guess you could over your mouth to stop you from being an asshole. But um, yeah. <laughs> the metaphor went too far. The but I mean, like you become you become a different person. Like I was having a conversation even between the age of thirty two and forty two. Mm-hmm. Myself, I I'm a different person. I mean, like the thirty two year old in me wouldn't be able to hold the job I have now because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be first of all experienced. I wouldn't have the, ment- the you know the capacity to deal with. People, you know, and Mm -hmm. now the 48 year old in me is like, I know when people are trying to like get me sort of into an argument or trying to put me Mm -hmm. into a, you know, trying to paint you into a corner mentally, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because you do get, as you get older, you start realizing that, hey, I'm, I'm, we're all people. We all have to sort of function in this world, musicianship or not, you know, and yeah. So, I mean, when you, you know, music is such an interesting concept because you start at 20 and you're like, I want to be Bon Jovi. You know, yeah. I want to be the, b- the Bon Joviest of Bon Jovi to an extent, but at the same time yeah. you're thinking, yeah, but chances of me being this Bon Jovi is probably pretty slim, but I'll try. I'll try my best. Yeah. And then you start, yeah. then you might even get a, just a little taste of that, you know, and you're like, Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. this is going to happen. It's going to happen. I am Bon Jovi. I am Bon Jovi. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. People it know is my, my life. It is. This is great. And then you get that little knockdown where it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, and that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's music in general. And I applaud people that sort of keep doing it and keep, you know, keep rocking on and trying to like be the best musician they can be. And I man, like your songs are like intricate and complicated and, and m- melodic. And that's a tough combination to, to, to get yeah, we're, into.
1: We're really lucky with, with, especially with the, the new record. Um, Cause we had our friend Paul Mark who actually plays in Silverstein, uh, him and our friend Sam Guyana they've done a lot of great work and like i mean knowing like i I was so glad that they came in to help because when i wrote a lot of those songs i found myself kind of in a box where someone like i couldn't think beyond what i had already written Mm -hmm. and and i think we we all kind of felt that way after making changes ourselves and like you know our jam spot and then having these fresh ears come in and be like just try this here you know like what have you thought about this and like yeah these songs became like it's really funny because it's like yeah they almost go back and like relearn your record just like the little <laughs> transitions little things right yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah it's it's definitely um it's it's a, the, i feel like it's the record that i always want to make it's uh it's a modern pop punk record with well actually it's like it's a modern rock record by a pop punk band uh that really you can but you can hear those tastes of like the late 90s and early 2000s right yeah,
0: totally um, totally i mean yeah when uh, yeah when my my buddy Al sends me the music i was like he's like yeah this is stuff we could if we were this age we'd write stuff yeah. like this and you know and he was very very excited about it and you know he you know i still kind of play music but he doesn't and so when he listens right. to things it's like oh he has that ear <clears throat> that appreciates it because mm-hmm. he wants to do it but there's just stuff that we just can't do like that anymore that we can't yeah. can't just sort of get on a plane and fly and go to europe and do shows and we like he has kids i got kids i got you know and to me it's like it's good to see that someone is like sort of taking that Mm -hmm. holding the flag a little bit you know and and sort of running forward with it so it's very cool it's very cool now i have a question because when did your new record come out because i might have the wrong February. okay february is hotel beds on that yeah okay good (laughs) (laughs) because that's a song i have (laughs) okay yeah i found it on the internet
2: oh wow yeah yeah
0: someone left it there like it was somebody was like i'll just leave this here and i went and i found it i found it there and then i I went and got it
1: well i mean it is the information superhighway that's right
0: but i i'm lucky because i found it because then it would never have been found
1: it's true that's it's,
0: the, <laughs> that's the logic i'm going with and i don't steal music i've just found it i just found it okay
1: we all steal music
0: wow oh, that's true that's true <laughs> well i mean think about it though as as a musician you're like as a musician i i'd always when limewire came out i used to just yeah. use the shit out of that I just get every song okay. i possibly could records <clears throat> and then torrents came out where you could just get the whole record you didn't have yeah. to like find every song on the record that had different quality and bif- bit rates. And yeah. then it used to be a project where then you get the artwork and make the artwork happen. You were like, yeah. you feel like a true pirate. But now for me, it's like, I can go on iTunes and buy it for nine bucks. Yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll do that. It's way easier. <laughs> Less time consuming. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's true. That's yeah. true. Well, let's hear that. Let's hear a song. Okay. Um, okay. yeah, so that was like, um, we're just talking, like, like I said, I wish I could just keep the stuff in between. Some people say some things that you're like, don't, don't keep that. And you're like, okay. All
1: right. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll be pretty good. I think I'm pretty good for it all.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, um, so the recording process, the, uh, mm-hmm. the recording process, uh, you record it locally.
1: So it was a uh, very interesting, uh, given where technology is today, yep. we literally sat in a living room with, uh these like thing, like the the Kemper heads and stuff kind of like attached to uh, the computer and just mm-hmm. recorded in the comfort of the living room. Um, now the drums and vocals were done uh, in Sam Guyana studio, which is in Toronto, Yeah. Uh, which unfortunately if he hears it's going to kill me, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called, he calls it like studio five a or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, he's done a lot of really cool records there. Uh, but yeah, it was just really just for the most part sitting in a living room and, it was really comfy,
0: you know? Yeah, totally. I'm with you, like, because I've been location... I used to have a studio, and then I, I just I had it for 10 years. And when I first started recording bands in the mid-90s, I used to put everything in my van and travel all over yeah. North, like, Canada mostly. But I was... Yeah. um I was uh s and SNFuse like, A sound guy I used to tour with us in a few and any band that opened I'd say I like your band I want to record your band and I'll come through like in two weeks from now and I'll record your band and be like in Regina or something and then I would set (laughs) up in the basement of their parents house and I'd record a band and then I said well if you find me more bands I'll record your there's bands too and I'll give you guys a discount I was like super like it was almost like this the flea sale or the snake oil salesman like driving through and driving into town and going hey kids who wants to record you know and it was it was a win-win you know it was great i made good money i didn't have to pay rent for about a long time and then yeah 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 but um there is something to be said about recording like location wise or being you know somewhere that's comfortable it does also have a negative effect because you just get comfy and you're like, oh, I guess I'll do some recording. Like I have all the shit here. <laughs> it's like, should I? Ah, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> today. You know?
1: Well, we were lucky because it's the summer and it's like super hot out. So we're like, you know what? Let's go sit inside. Yeah. And totally. Let's do this. But it's, it's really funny that you do say that. Like for me, like I think about in the past when I recorded like in a studio where you're like, you're there. And for me, I always get these, this anxiety of like, oh God, as soon as you hit the button, we're on the clock. We got to do this. And just and even again with technology, I remember like recording my first like my first couple of bands when I recorded, it was like, Oh, you screwed up that part, so now you have to do the whole thing over again. Yeah. Where now we're in a spot where it's like, Hey, you're not getting the palm mute really tight there, so we'll just record you doing the palm mute after.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we call those lies. That's what we call it. <laughs> we're gonna lie that up a little bit. Especially when it comes yeah. to vocal takes and things. Like, yeah, we're gonna pull some lies on that, you know? And and I, there, hey man, there is such a high standard to recording and you know and oh, yeah. to have it you know most of it happening in a living room and and actually making great music i think the payoff is that you're not worried about being on the clock you know it's mm-hmm. that you don't yeah. have to worry like the anxiety is less is lessened but mm-hmm. they also like goes I I play in a band now, and we just went. We found a place like about an hour from here, like the guy's house. Yeah. And he, the big pitch was, if you come record in our house, my house, I'll cook you barbecue, like for the two days or whatever long you're here for. Yeah. I'm like, that yeah. sounds like a great deal. So we said, as long as you get a chef's hat, like a like a big tall chef's <laughs> hat, and yeah. you wear a fake mustache, and we get to call you, and we we recorded in his in his kitchen. And it was a good sounding kitchen. It was a great sounding kitchen. But yeah. there's a there's a video of us like with all my gear in it, and they were like playing, and he's like cooking spaghetti. It's like that's a that's a cool. That's amazing. It feels great, yeah. Because
1: it's like a spicy meatball.
0: Yay! Yeah, it's right. And 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 the big thing I said is I'm because I record it, but then I would then put my stuff on after. I said no, no, yeah. I'm I'm doing guide tracks with you guys. We'll figure it out where yeah. I actually get to play the song with you guys because it, it felt way better and Mm -hmm. you know and that's sort of another you know it's just being able to be a part of the recording process as opposed to being the recording engineer was just such a a, Mm -hmm. such a payoff thing and so who Mm -hmm. who kind of took over like the recording duties while you were in the in the living room kind of thing
1: uh sam guyana did so he was the guy who engineered the whole record so he just uh he'd hit the bar and then do the things where he would move the cursor around and Mm -hmm. uh cover up our mistakes and
0: uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing man listen there's this is like i said there's such a high standard to modern music now and i i don't have a problem with it i mean i like what i think though what i was trying to do is record a record in two days and i fast realized that my two-day recording session which is supposed to be the whole record done it's on its fifth day now so sixth day so oh, yeah. yeah yeah so there's no <laughs> there's no way it's going to be you do 14 songs you can't do it in two days anymore back in the day you'd have that shit done it'd be done because it'd be like we only have three hundred dollars how are we going to record this thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know what like uh, I, a dream of mine what i would love to do is i would love to obviously you know have it set up and sound proper um i'd love to do a record off the floor yeah. i would absolutely like, i mean do your vocals after the fact totally but i think there's like a feeling of raw energy of like that's the thing when you listen to a record and if the record doesn't sound like it's being played together because let's be honest majority of records obviously are not you play your drums you play your guitar Uh, but when you can get that record where that that, or that song even where it's like wow it sounds like they're in the same fucking room playing at the same time right Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. and there's and and when you're jamming even or obviously when you're playing live there's an energy you hit harder there's like a little thing you do different you feed off each other and like there's a um alexis on fire's last record uh, i want to say it's called young cardinals
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i read that they did that they did it off the floor out in bc and there's something that's my favorite record by them yeah um and and you can just feel this different energy about it
0: yeah. yeah totally. I did that with a band called Rules, and it's but Ben Rispin from uh um
1: oh uh saint alvia
0: saint alvia cartella that's right yeah Ben yeah. and he used to be in uh, a few other bands Hamilton bands, but he's also like he's the founder of Burly Calling, which is like the yeah. their sort of north by northwest yeah. sort of like uh type thing and yeah. uh, it did it felt great. We did it like four times we did the whole 20 minute record in four, yeah. in four times, and then they took forever to sing it but the big idea was to do it in like in one or two days and pick yeah. the best takes and it just took they got it really did get held up when it came to vocals and it was like oh i just yeah. thought this was going to be a live record you know what i mean but it was pretty <laughs> damn close and it felt great yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and man, was, so uh, Saint Elvia, Saint were they they were based out of hamilton
0: yeah yeah hamilton and burlington area which is cuz man
1: there were some bands especially like a couple years ago like uh, and i just saw today actually that the reason uh, are doing a 15 year anniversary show
0: ah year, yeah you know yeah. The band, the Reason? yeah yeah absolutely yeah and, yeah, they,
1: yeah and they used to be song with nancy yep, yep. yeah i know I, jonathan ronson was
0: on this on the show actually last year oh yeah and he's okay. doing some recording with me and actually connor from boys night out we're we're doing a like a seven song thing wow yeah yeah he's played wow. some bass on it and jonathan's played some bass on it, and connor's singing on it and yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. It's weird because there used to be like a big west side, east side of Toronto, like this weird little rivalry, which is hilarious because okay. I thought, wow, that's so not whatever now. It's like, but any band that recorded would always record over on the west side, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the east side was like my territory. But now I'm friends with half the people over there. So it's kind of neat. We all got together. The beef was squashed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you remember the band uh, Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh man I love Jersey they were like um it's really funny I, I was more of an OFX kid than I was a rancid kid yeah but there was something about Jersey that like they did something for me that that rancid didn't uh, that makes sense because they kind of had like a major rancid sound
0: yeah right? yeah like, yeah yeah for sure yeah so, yeah now yeah. that there's just so many great bands that came out of Hamilton and I think it's the economic situation of Hamilton back in the day it's like it yeah. was a lot more like a like a like a working man's town so to speak yeah. and it was like a little yeah. more run it's just steel town you know and yeah. and it just really changed a lot since then but back then it yeah. was p- kind of rough you know what i mean you like mm-hmm. kind of go there and see a show and you're like i don't know about this and then you sort of like <laughs> i can't wait to get back to my suburb but uh there was sort of like this weird vibe about it you know and yeah i yeah. just think that it's it's something to do with that I think Hamilton had it so has it so good because you can you can go to Buffalo and see a show if you wanted to, and you can go yeah. to Toronto, you can go to London, Ontario. It's all everything's sort of like at least an hour and a bit away. Yeah. So it's yeah. in a good spot. Guelph, everything in that area, like when you tour if you tour like southern Ontario, you can hit all these places and still have lunch, you know, where where you yeah. get to. You know
1: <laughs> It's so funny, like I think about like my first tour, like when I was when I was in my first band touring and I remember we were like, Oh, we're touring Ontario. I mean, yeah. I played like Port Hope, yeah. Welcome, like yeah. all these places. I remember like looking at like our sheet, being like, "Oh man, we have so many dates." When it's like you're literally just driving across the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the people from that town go to the Walmart here because it's better. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I did a I did a tour when I played in a I played in a band out of Winnipeg called Red Fisher, and we toured like all throughout the states, and we play like thirty shows and maybe three months kind of thing like just really kind of horrible touring schedule never had anything booked and when i started i moved from ontario to join this band in winnipeg and whenever we'd like leave montreal i knew we were like we're in the goods you know so it'd be like cornwall kingston port hope <laughs> Belleville, Trenton, Oshawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are like, we're right. playing, we're on tour now, like, and then we go all the <laughs> way through until we play, finally play Toronto, and then we like, where's the next show? Oh, Toledo. Oh, fuck. You know, what I mean? we're like, shit, I'll <laughs> drive all the way. I, it was just such a horrible thing because you'd be like, why don't we just stay here? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: like we were like talking because uh, we we haven't made it out west yet, mm-hmm. uh, and we're like trying to like figure out how to make that work. And I get like, we're going to have to cut through the states to do it. But like, yeah, once you like you leave like Toronto, I was like, are we really going to drive all the way up to Thunder Bay and then drive forever? Just You have to. to. to like, when you
0: have to do that. That's the rite of passage. Yeah. There's a, yeah. have you ever read, there's a, a book by uh, Dave Bedini called On a Cold Road. And he's, he interviews yeah. like Joey Shithead from DOA. And they talk about touring yeah. Northern Ontario, still driving on dirt roads, like dirt roads. Yeah. And they weren't yeah. under construction. They were dirt roads. You know what I mean? Just, like, just dirt roads. Yeah. So I mean, oh I did that a few times and I uh, granted it's much easier to not do that, but you gotta do it once, man. You gotta drive to Thunder Bay and play some yeah. weird place. It used to be Crocs and Rolls up there. I don't think what's I don't even yeah. know what's up there anymore. But you can still like play like Sault Ste Marie, Sudbury, yeah. you yeah. know, from where you're going, you play North Bay, Sudbury, Sault Ste Marie, Thunder Bay, and then Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Susie S- Marie actually has like a really great scene. It's an amazing well. scene. Like yeah, a, yeah. I uh, I was out there for the holidays once, and um, they were having like a local show on Boxing Day, and it was like, because I, I mean, uh, God, I'm probably gonna sound terrible when I say this, but I think that there's something to be said. I think that the the way the shows are now are not necessarily uh, the way they were in the past I don't know. there's something just kind of missing i don't know because um, i remember going to shows because it was a thing to go and just socialize yeah you know, when you're younger it's like you want to go to the mall or you want to go to a show especially and in the suit now, <laughs> and and now it's like you know people go to shows because like hey i'm going to the show for music which i mean it's still obviously it's a very amazing thing yeah. but there's a socializing aspect that i used to love that isn't necessarily there not that it's not there i don't see it but anyway Went to a show in Sault Ste. Marie and it totally embodied that. It was like people were just there because they wanted to be there. It wasn't necessarily just like, you know, watching the band. They were just there to just be around people and just have a good time. It's always been
0: like that. It's true. I I play in a band with a guy who used to be in a band called the Inner City Surfers and uh, Mm a band out of Sault Ste. Marie and they moved down to Toronto. But it's like I've been up there and played a Halloween show and like years, a couple of years ago. And I have friends that still live up there and 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 it's totally that, you know what I mean? like it's such mm-hmm. a a neat community because it's also used to be like a rough town, which is also being changed around like their waterfronts changing into like this parkland and it used to be mm-hmm. like, Kind of a dump, you know, and it's great. You know what I mean? Like, and Sault Ste. Marie will even say, yeah, we were, we were fucking dump and now we're okay. Like, <laughs> like I, I, uh, <laughs> and the, the interesting, the weird thing, I wonder if this still happens. Like, when you drive, like, Sault Ste. Marie and you start heading up th- to Thunder Bay, as soon as you get like five minutes up the road, the cell service, like, pff- dies and you're like this yeah. is the most dangerous part of Canada I'm driving in and there's no cell service like what the fuck this is like I, re- I c- okay late 90s I get it but come on now yeah. no way
1: I know and I think about like doing that drive so like Elite Thunder Bay trying to make the Winnipeg it's like if we crash yeah. we like it's like I don't know did anyone got like a flare here like yeah <laughs> we buy flares
0: yeah like yeah
1: and it's like that whole idea of, like right of passage you're right it's like Get in the vans, like, all right, boys, we got this big drive to go. Yeah. If we make it back and we're all still a band, we win. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's true, but you have to do it. I mean, I wonder, you know, I think now with uh, how everybody's connected really close compared to what it was 20, 30 years ago. We're connected in a different way i mean we're connected in mm-hmm. a way where people can like i can text you from here and it goes somewhere and then it ends up in your phone and then we're like com- immediately communicating you know and yeah. back i mean i remember my first tour with a cell phone it was fascinating i'm like oh my god like anybody can call me like right now this is awesome i'm living in the future and then i got my <laughs> bill and it was like oh shit i'm broke <laughs> but but i, I remember, remember like yeah, it's a completely different scenario. I toured I toured in Europe without a GPS like for three tours. Oh, and I'm like, why do we keep getting lost? And then like, the fourth tour, we get a GPS. I'm like, the drives that would take me three hours to get to the club with like five minutes on the highway. I mean, like, how much wasted time? It, this thing should cost $10,000 because it saved <laughs> me like hours and hours of com- com- aggravation and fights and blood pressure and... And here we are you know
1: (laughs) man my my first tour through montreal remember like when we're going through quebec so we're driving montreal it's my first time ever in montreal and this is like when the iphone 3gs first came out so we're not even like you know maps and stuff isn't really where it's at and we are literally touring with a map. Yeah. And so we've never we've never been to Montreal before. I'm from a town where you know that you don't take the highway one or two. You just take the highway. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go till the road tells you to leave. Yeah. And so we're like, look, oh man, I can't even believe we Montreal of all cities. I can't yeah. believe we even did it.
0: We used to buy a map at our first truck stop, and it would be the new map of North America, and then we would highlight like where we had been and it was always sort of like this neat thing and i'm somewhere in this house i have like (laughs) a few tours from like the early 90s where it has like uh you know the the how to get there so you'd route the route before you left and once you got to the city you're kind of on your own but when you're dealing with like getting from like vancouver to sacramento or something you're like (laughs) you know you're dealing with a few one highway or two highways but just getting there was like that sort of like, okay. And then it would also be like a rite of passage because you'd keep opening the, you know, hey, we went here, we went there. And then at the end, you can't use it again because if you go somewhere else in a different direction, you're like, oh, we can't, we can't, it's on highlighter. I can't like erase it. So you get a new book. They were like 12 bucks or something, you know. And those are the days, man. Those are the times like of touring without a cell phone, without GPS. It was like, it's amazing we even found places. Like the very first Sum 41 tours I did, was without yeah. a GPS and without a cell, well, with a cell phone, but yeah. no GPS and like just calling up like a hotel, like how do I get to this hotel? Like I'm right here now, like and they would give me directions. I would write them down and then I yeah. get there. And you know what I mean? Now it's like take me to the Best Western, and <laughs> and then it takes me there, and it's 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 amazing. I mean, you guys got it good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. We just like look at the phone, like hey, take me to the show. And it's like. Yeah. sure what show Jason. is that <laughs> What show? we found many shows in your area
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i i remember i was in germany and i was on the phone and i'm trying to call this promoter who obviously didn't speak english and i didn't speak german and the guy's like he's just go up to the left and make a right by i'm like and and the, my buddy tom was with me he's like laughing because i'm like this isn't working this is not working <laughs> i'm not getting any information you have to be more clear you know, oh, it's just go up to the left in strasse. I'm like, you know what? It took me forever to realize that that weird B is two S's. Yeah. It means two S's. I, did, I didn't that's know that. That's right. Now you do. When you go to Europe and you see that weird B, that's S. So everything that has Strasse is a street, and the yeah. B is in there, that weird-looking B. But, uh, yeah, that's a place you guys got to go. I think that's, uh, you know, maybe don't go across Canada. Go to Germany where life is great.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, we were having this conversation on the last tour because, like, this year, uh, like it's it's kind of sad actually. We played Ottawa a couple of times, Toronto a couple of times. We we've only been playing the states. We mm-hmm. we've like strictly toured the states, and it's like, well, what do we do? Like, what? We, there's so much land that we need to cover, and we're talking like, you know, well, we should really do a proper Canadian tour. And then it was like that little like thing of like man there's a whole world out there you know it's Mm -hmm. but but it comes down to financing as well you know totally are we gonna are we gonna go hey let's go to europe and get over there's like oh my god i can't afford to get home i live here now
0: things are different things are different because bands used to just tour for a month and then come home and now even the european bands like they tour in the weekends and then they go back yeah to where they live because you can do that i mean that's the just geographically speaking you can get yeah. to one side of Europe to the other in a day and a half. You know, you can be in yeah. the southern part of Italy and then be in Frankfurt within three days or two days, you know, where right. when you leave Ottawa and you want to get to Winnipeg, that's two days. And you're not even halfway across Canada at that point, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, geographically speaking and going to the, the States, I I never, we never, my band never toured in the States just just for the sheer fear of getting across the border. And, and we never oh, did it correctly. Yeah.
1: No. Oh, man, the first time that we went, uh, I remember the guys were giving me so much shit. They're like, Jason, stop pacing. Stop pacing. Cause mm. I, they took us out of the van, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. I was like, all right, guys, uh, let's all dress really nice, and maybe they'll be really nice to us. And we all wore Hawaiian shirts. And the, the guy was like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you guys?
0: <laughs> like, You're not fooling anybody. <laughs>
1: yeah y'all you you all just look you got back from Flavortown with Guy Fieri
0: <laughs> was the Jimmy Buffett concert just down in Watertown or something is that what's happening
1: dude it's 5 o'clock somewhere man yeah. like, please just let us into your country
0: <laughs> well, when we yeah. went in from Winnipeg to get into the states we had a merch guy and his name is Punk Rock Jeremy and uh, yeah. Punk Rock because he looked like Punker and uh <laughs> before we get across, he goes, "Oh, I gotta get out of my outfit." I'm like, "What are you talking about your outfit?" He's in his punk outfit, and then so he yeah. dresses. He comes out of the bathroom, and he looks like you know, like he just stepped out of Who's the Boss or something. Like, what the f- <laughs> what just happened it's here? T- and t- he t- goes, dancing. "What are you doing?" Yeah, what's going on here? And then he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to get bugged at the board." I'm like looking at myself, going, "Wait a minute, I got no." Wait a second, now I look like a bad person. You're making me look bad, you know.
1: <laughs> like we're really lucky. Like the past couple of times. Um, it's just been like, like I don't know what they have on record there. I don't know what their computer screens. says. They have work
0: papers and stuff, right? Like you do it the right way. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, you have to.
1: Yeah, now now we do.
0: Post nine eleven. now. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know that like uh, in the past, like before I joined the band, the, the boys went down and they play like um, uh, Binghamton and, and they played Syracuse a couple of times and they just rolled up and like, listen, we're just selling merch. We're not getting paid. And they're like, sure, go on. Oh, wow. And then this one time. Yeah. And I think they did it like maybe twice. mm mm-hmm. um, And then this one last time, they're like, no, you're making, you're, you're not that you're getting paid, but you are taking job, a job away from an American band. Mm -hmm. And so I get it. I completely understand the whole thing. Uh, The paperwork is definitely not easy to do. And every time I submit it, I'm like, oh, God, what did I screw up? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the positive thing about going to Europe is you have your guitar in your hand and you come to the German customs. They go, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here to play music. And they go, enjoy, have fun. (laughs) And that's just joyous. (laughs) have fun losing money yeah yeah good <laughs> luck loser ha 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 and then- <laughs> enjoy your beer <laughs> yeah no enjoy. they don't care they don't care it's like but go to the uk uk is it's like yeah. going to america and i'm born in yeah. england and we didn't have work i'm like i don't need work papers i got my birth you know oh, i didn't have my birth certificate but it says on my my uh my passport that i'm born in england i don't need work papers it's like $52 or something to buy work ah per- oh, fuck we'll save the money i don't need to go so they almost stopped me from getting into the into england i'm like are you kidding me yeah. i'm born here and then they finally said well give us give us the work permit money and you can come into england i'm like i begrudgingly gave them money to to you know but he was like are you kidding me this is ridiculous like it's only england <laughs> What do you guys got? The Beatles? You think you're so smart? <laughs> oh, you're so cool. You and your fucking Mumford and Sons. Yeah, you and your, yeah, you and your bad food and high cholesterol and crazy breakfasts. Well
1: <laughs> you got great tea, great yeah. fucking tea. Great
0: tea and horrible teeth. Huh. the irony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, sorry, England. England's fine. I, I, I don't mind England. I have English people that listen to the show. I'm sorry. We're,
2: we're- I have family there. I know, we're right? Terrible. This is the,
0: well. You know, we're at <laughs> the fifty-minute, forty-nine-minute park. At this point, people are like, eh, "This is good," or "No, I don't listen to this," or they're just like, "Fuck it, I'm not listening anymore." Is
1: is the part where I go, "Take that out, take that." Yeah, out take that yeah.
0: Out. <laughs> we might want to tour there one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it'll be uh, like, no, you know like, what it's going
0: to be? It's like two years from now. You're gonna be like, you're in jolly old England, and some big British guy will be, "Oh, I heard you talk shit about me." <laughs> And you get him a we'll black guy.
1: We we will wank us. that's yeah, what you Yeah, are.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, you say hi to Simon for me, thump. And he gives you a headbutt. Yeah. hello. Oh, but,
1: but no, like we we've uh we actually had an offer to go to um, go over to Europe uh for January and just didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. And uh like yeah, we, 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 we all the places we played this year, we spent a lot of time kind of circling the kind of same areas, and the show has been going great. And now we got to kind of get a little more daring and check out all the places we haven't, which can be like mm-hmm. exciting and also very scary.
0: Totally. So. Well, I mean, you guys, you, I mean, it, it's really, it's really good to know you have a good solid, you know, foundation for, and, and the music is. I mean, you guys have no, I, I, don't. There's no fear in my, you know what I mean. You're gonna find yeah. there's an audience out there. And you're going to find yeah. them because that's what, you know, good bands do that. They go out and find an audience and they keep playing. They put the work in. And that's the most important thing. It doesn't just come to you. Like, you know, yeah. I did work for Song 41. They did have a song on the radio. But all that was like, they still toured in a van yeah. for a year and a half yeah. for no money. All, granted, they had a little backing from like a big old record label. Yeah. But they weren't charging a lot of money back to them. You know, like they had one crew. No. That was me. You know, and it's a way to do it. You know, they put the work in, and we're like, I remember we're at the Warp Tour, and there's like, you know, bands like um, Pennywise. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. they love those guys, love some 41 guys, because they're just the normal kids. You know, they're on a major mm-hmm. record label, not anymore, but they were back then. Mm-hmm. And you look at them and go, oh, my, these kids are just like us. Like, I took Mark Belkey, who's a guitar player from SNFU, on tour as a guitar tech with some 41. And mm-hmm. to get sort of that, As a band, he's been in a band since 1981, and to sort of get Mm -hmm. that seal of approval from a punk rocker Mm -hmm. who's a legend to go, these these are the real deal. These guys are the real deal, and they're just always going to be the real deal. And that was sort of like, oh, that's that's really really cool, you know?
1: Yeah, like you just got like I think Warped Tour actually, like um, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, Uh, been there a couple of times. Uh, We played a couple of times, not the full thing, obviously, but a couple of dates, and and everyone will say this is like, it's it's amazing what that tour would do for bands in a sense of like it really would separate you know why are you doing this yeah you know like what what is your motivation and what's your purpose because you you need to go out there you need to work you need like there's no time there's no room for you to kind of you know be a douchebag yeah you know like you you gotta not tolerate that it doesn't matter what cap size room you can like pull you are going to work your ass off you're going to put shit in your trailer you're gonna pull on stage i mean you're sure you're gonna have hands to help yeah. you out but you know you're gonna uh, you're gonna work as hard as you did in your first band when you were like 16. yeah so
0: yeah we did it the same year that green day played it i got to see green day play like every day on the i think it was warning it was it warning it just come out can't remember what record has come out but they were supposed to play for 30 minutes and every time they played for almost an hour <laughs> and kevin lyman would be like fuck these guys and Fuck, kick them off the tour and the first time they came to Toronto, uh, Sublime were supposed to be on the tour, and um, and SNFU headlined it, and Sublime just didn't make. They got kicked off the tour. You know what I mean? They never made oh. it to Canada, so it was sort of like this weird thing where it was this weird circus show, and it's this weird yeah. thing that just traveled around, and it sort of limped by, and it always sort of did okay, and it always sort of it had sponsorship, like corporate sponsorship. Yeah. But it always seemed like, oh, this is as real as it gets. Like, as you, if you're on tour in the warp Tour, you better have more than one person driving because you just won't. You know what I mean? Like, and I was yeah. the only guy driving. It, <laughs> it sucked, but at the same time, it was like, this is what paying your dues is all about. And I'm a, at this yeah. point, I'm a 30 year old dude driving around with 17 year olds, like as their tour manager. And I'm like, they're like, I'm tired. I'm like, are you fucking tired? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm driving you everywhere, you know. I remember taking them out on their first tour and their moms all came out and had like they're all waiting, you know what I mean? And they took me aside and go, Listen, these are our kids. (laughs) (laughs) My wife just reminded me of this because I went to pick them up in the van and she's like telling me like the mom would take me aside and say, These are our kids. These are our loves. These are our this think about that when you take them out. And I would take them like 17, 18 year olds out on tour. And I'm like, Yeah, that's such a weird Concept to be on tour at that age.
1: Yeah. You're literally a babysitter.
0: I was their babysitter. They loved me though, because I said, um, because management would say, Oh, you got to make sure they're in bed. They got to be in bed by two. And I'm driving in the van. I'm like, Listen, the manager tells me that you need to be in bed by two. But uh, I think you guys should have as much fun as possible because you might not be here next year. They loved me. You know what I mean? They did everything I asked them to do. Don't get me thrown in jail. Don't get yourself thrown in jail. And we're all going to work out just fine.
1: (laughs) yeah and it did yeah. Yeah. yeah oh man i love that band a lot uh the half hour of power ep was like it was great yeah, huh? i think like uh i think it's what really kind of uh i mean because i i feel like oh what's the word i'm looking for they, they were a gateway band for me yeah. you know like uh, a lot of bands like newfound glory and some 41 um, as much as like you know, people talk about Blink One Eighty Two, and I do like Blink One Eighty Two a lot, but uh, they weren't the gateway band for me. I mean, through bands like Sun Forty One and and New Found Glory, and I started to dig deep, and that's how I learned about the Descendants and yeah. whatnot. Like, so, yeah,
0: that's amazing. That's good to hear. I mean, I'm, it's good to hear because they were like they were metalheads. They were into like Slayer yeah. and other stuff that sort of metallica like they were kind of ahead of their time too because it wasn't you know i mean at that like the early 2000s late 90s was not a cool time to be into metallica like at all you know what i mean it was like
1: i think it's always i think it's always a cool time to be into metallica, I know, I love metallica. But back then it was not a
0: cool time that was the that was just the dark times for metallica they were like i don't know but they were into slayer and stuff but it was like this weird yeah. experience for them because to be in the they were more punk rock than a lot of bands i toured with ever in my life but yeah at the same time it was interesting you know and we toured in a van for like a year and a half and then i finally quit and their next tour was in a tour bus so i was like
1: fuck (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: god. Uh.
1: no man i i mean i know the idea of like being in a bus and everything is definitely sounds cool but i don't know man i like the idea of the being in close quarters and just kind of you know
0: being in it's, a big van, though, no, I think these sprinters now, these are, you know, you've arrived when you tour in yeah. a sprinter with a trailer. That's, that to me is like the golden ticket. That's that sweet spot of comfort and, uh, and efficiency and affordability.
1: But I I just think about, like, when I first started going to shows and you go and see the touring band, and when you see that big white, like, you see the E350 there parked in the trailer, you just, like, I used to get so excited. Like, whose band is that? Yeah, yeah. Who owns that one, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that still happens. Like, I I tour with bands. Like, I don't do big tours, but it doesn't make sense to be in a tour bus because they've kind of, like, said, well, we'll deal with the Kid Rocks and those big bands, and that's the rate. Because I thought it'd be cheaper mm. to take a tour bus out east with a band just rather than paying for flights and accommodations. Yeah. And it was like $1,000 a day. And I'm like, eh, that's our whole yeah. that's our whole show pay for like yeah. to get there and back. Like, no, nah, it's not going to be worth it. It's not worth it. It'd be fun. It'd be fun You're but all
1: working the merch table tonight. You're all working yeah, the merch table. are going to push.
0: That's true. And then everything just went up by five bucks a shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you better push that tip jar yeah tip yeah
0: tip jar. yeah so what's in the future for you guys you making a new record soon or are you what's are you just gonna so, keep playing this one like what's up
1: oh uh, yeah we'll probably just play this one till the end of the time yeah. uh, you know <laughs> uh no it's uh, good
0: mm-hmm. I, So,
1: we um we've had a really really busy year uh where like the touring started in september and i think that like We're in month 11 now, and I think even though we didn't do – every tour we did wasn't a month long, but out of the 11 months, I think we spent about seven months of it actually out of time touring. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are hibernating for the winter, Mm -hmm. uh, and we are looking at hopefully getting into the studio then come – spring summer of next year. So we got some ideas, some things are on the table. We're working out for early in the year. Uh, and then, yeah, it's get back in the studio and try and write a better record.
0: Well, that's <laughs> good luck. Good luck. That's the plan though. I, I mean, you, you can yeah. like, it's good that you've lit a fire because you've, you've, you know what I mean? Like something that you've, you're proud of is like, Oh, well, now, you know, you can streamline it. You know what I mean? You can make things yeah. a little bit more personalized. Like, i mean if you even think of the growth for like boys night out when they put like make yourself yeah. sick and that's a great album but then they put train wreck out and that record yeah. is the fucking shit bomb that's such a great record yeah. and they just you know what i mean they did put out like black dogs this black dogs record they put out like last year that is an amazing record that's a really yeah. good record yeah, and, and they, they only did like six songs on it because said, well we had 12 but they kept six you know that was a weird concept I and that's so boys night out it's unbelievable how boys night out, that, that 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 just that statement is that they were like we're
1: trying to decide when we're trying to decide when we're gonna do our country record that's
0: about it <laughs> oh that's the new we're, thing man country Christian country that's that's where people are going
1: we're we're thinking third record we I mean, yeah. know depending on how writing goes maybe we'll just pull it out and just that's our second record but you, uh you know yeah. we'll
0: see. You, you should do what uh what uh like Slipknot did and it just you, but backwards but this time put masks on do <laughs> Put the mask on and then they won't know who you are And then do country with the masks on Those creepy masks
1: with Country with the masks on Garbage cans mm-hmm. like it's,
0: Oh yeah it's, People love it it's, it's,
1: Man the sound of that garbage can I just feel like I'm in the backwoods right now Like
0: People eat that shit up Is that a, is that a washboard Do I actually hear a real washboard <laughs> Yeah I really smell The, the cow manure on that
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i want to say it sounds like cow shit i want to say the album sounds but, like shit but in a, I'm good, not way. Wrong in a good way in a good way it
0: sounds like cow shit in, in a good, a good way. way and how
1: often can you say that
0: never never <laughs> <laughs> anyway well, anyways no that's I've, i just you know keep keep on keeping on you know it was it was fun to fun to talk to you man like i yeah this is great whenever you do another record let me know i'm more than glad to you know speak with you maybe in person man if you want to come if you're in Toronto, let me know you're in Toronto and I will uh, you know, I am forty eight. It's an hour and a half for me to get in the car and drive all the way downtown. Could you play Oshawa? If you play Oshawa, that'd be great.
1: We play we played Oshawa, yeah. Uh, where'd
0: you play in Oshawa?
1: I can't remember. So, I know it's like near the stadium.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. It was that place, uh uh I shit, the atrium. That shithole. Yeah. Shit hole. yeah.
1: Uh, depending on who's listening, I don't necessarily. No, it.
0: no, that, no, it's not a shithole. It actually, well, no. Okay, well, I'll tell you later. But um, no, it's I mean, Osh was a good place to play because the same thing as Hamilton. It, it has that yeah. same vibe. It's like, it's a little rough. You never know when some method's uh, going to be I the really, shit out of you. <laughs> I really want
1: to come and play uh, the Mustache Club. There's yeah, I think, of, closed. There's a, there's a I think it's close.
0: I think it's gone. I think really? it's down. I think my uh, my buddy Will tells me that the Mustache Club is down.
1: There's a band that we know, uh, we know a couple of the guys, they're called The Letdown, they're from Oshawa, and oh, yeah, I really, yeah. really want to yeah. really come out to Oshawa and play a show with them.
0: Yeah, there used to be a lot of cool little places to play there, because I grew up around there too, so there was used to be a place called the, uh, that mustache club used to be called The Ozone, and The Ozone okay. is where I would play in like, 1991 and stuff, like there were shows and it looked exactly the same. It's so weird. And the guy that ran, it was like an Eastern European guy and he was seemed old, but he probably wasn't, but he seemed way older than us. And he was like, okay, tonight I have some jeans addiction. I'm going to play some Nirvana. Like he had this weird, like he was the DJ. And (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, that's good.
2: That's good.
0: Yeah. we are going to play some jeans addiction. Um, But then said, "Fred." yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it had the stainless steel floor, and it, still, it was still there like for yeah. 20-something years. And I was there to see... I saw SNFU play there, actually, a couple of years ago. And that floor is still there. And that thing was... You just spilled one drink on that thing. It was a fucking like, nightmare. You would wipe out on that thing. And it was just so funny to see, because it was like, if you just spilled just a little bit, you're on your ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good place in Oshawa. There used to be a place around the corner from there where I used to do recording. It was called the. Uh, we called it lovingly called it the Crack House, and it was. Oh, okay, that's good. There was a guy. Sounds warming. Yeah, it was very warm. And there was a guy named Gary Begner who used to be in a band called Lame, and uh, mm-hmm. he used to do shows up in this up in this one area, and it was like sort of like a house show, but it was in this weird little area upstairs in this place called the crack house and it started turning into smaller and smaller little places to live like people would just take like yeah. a chunk and they put a wall up and then it became yeah. their apartment and uh, yeah 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 Gary still he still makes shirts he lives in London he's a good dude yeah he used to be uh, he's just a solid guy but I uh, for sure if you come to, uh, come to Uxbridge come to my town I'll, I'll put on a show you can play my house
1: Colin, Colin's actually from Oxbridge.
0: what what's yeah. his last name
1: yeah, colin Jacques.
0: okay that's so fucked up Yes, yeah. amazing yeah. yeah i live yeah, yeah i've uh, been in knoxbridge for 12 years but i grew up sort of close to here that's amazing yeah. well tell him i say hi yeah. tell him to come back soon well let's do a show in knoxbridge then
1: i played Uxbridge once what where'd you many, play? oh long. was it a bowling a community alley Community center that was community center community center it was many years ago
0: i don't remember what oh i do know a community center yeah yeah by the by the hockey arena
1: don't know. There you it's go. Been so long. That's yeah. amazing.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That's fun. Well, the world got really small right now.
1: It did. <laughs> <laughs> but okay.
0: Cool. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, nice. Yeah. Nice to talk. Nice to meet. And yeah. uh, you Thanks know, for doing this. Yeah.
1: It was a great way to spend my Thursday night. Honestly.
0: Yeah. No. Me too, man. It's good to. Yeah. It was good to talk to you.
1: We should do this more often. Grab a couple of beers. Just FaceTime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll record it, and then we got we'll kill we, kill two birds. We've got a real friendship now. <laughs> Thanks man You're
1: like my cyber friend <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
0: That's right Don't tell anybody About our friendship Have a great night Yeah you too man Thanks And that was fun Jason Mooney Thank you so much For doing the show Thanks for that band For being a band We Were Sharks You can go check them out On Victory Records Just just search We Were Sharks One word If you want You'll find them They're a great band And they're, they're good dudes They're from Ottawa How about that And we didn't mention Sean Scallon once How about that Hey Sean Come on the show I asked you already and now you don't want to be on the show but i asked you i've asked you how of what five times anyways we were sharks everybody and that was a fun episode and episode number 210 Woo! That's a, lot of episodes. That's a lot of talking a lot of talking so thanks everybody for shopping on amazon it's uh it's coming up on winter time and this is when christmas happens and this is where y'all have to go out and buy stuff but amazon is the best way to do it because you just buy it and it just ends up on your doorstep and that's the power of computers I've, been, I've said it once already now i'm bookending this episode by saying computers are pretty awesome here we go so next week i have a couple episodes coming up oh, oh yeah i have a, I have a barry from a, a label called chase the glory they put out some trigger happy records and uh i have some other things coming out i can't tell you right now oh yeah dave smalley dave smalley's coming up in a couple of weeks so, what I might do, I might take Christmas off, and then, and then what I'll probably do is come back and do a best of just before New Year's, and then we'll be hitting the ground running again and uh, carry on. But yeah so i'll put a few more episodes out i think well, what date is it? i'm going on holidays and so so probably one more episode than holidays and then i'll probably come back and then i'll be christmas and then we'll put up some more episodes okay so i'm rambling on thank you jason for doing the show you're a star and uh have a great night and uh talk to you later bye